Insidious the Red Door is the fifth entry in the franchise, and it's the directorial debut of star Patrick Wilson. It also brings back the characters from the original film, but does their return result in a return to form? Let's turn out the lights and find out. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I'm going to count down from 10 and then you will be in the further with us <laughs> on this episode. I'm Peter, by the way, and I'm joined as always by Tim. Peter, just, I know you're proud of this podcast, but just take it and just tear it in half. <laughs> just throw it away. <laughs> Whereas you have torn it up before you're even asked to. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, today we are here to talk about another release from this year, uh, one that we didn't have a chance to go see earlier on, and that was Insidious The Red Door, aka Insidious Chapter 5, because they're Not covered... Not to be confused with Red Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the last movie was called, what, The Last Key, I want to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we had a key, then we've got a door. Door. <laughs> I'm sure next time it'll... They you know, all come together with something else. A slightly open window. <laughs> <laughs> the blue window. That'll be the next one. Yeah. Yes. But yes, uh, welcome. Uh, obviously, this is the fifth movie in the franchise. We will start spoiler free for this one, but obviously, we might have some spoilers for the earlier movies if uh, we need to. So just bear that in mind. But we're starting spoiler free. We'll give you warning before we spoil spoilers. The crap out of three. <laughs> I don't feel like you need to spoil the crap out of three. I feel like it's only one and two that you, that you may have to spoil a little bit. Three was pretty standalone, so I don't think you really need to. What's going to say? What was that sentence? <laughs> you seem to just sort like... of stop mid-sentence there, Tim. What, what was that? Well, it's just funny because I said about like four or five words at once. It just sounded like... Uh, but I, I was going to say, I'm also going to spoil uh, Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, I don't care about that. Like, knock yourself out. <laughs> don't care. She came home. The night she came home. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, you know, and we so, like horror movies. Y- yes, we do. <laughs> uh, we also like Insidious. Uh, well, I, I mean, I love the first Insidious. I enjoy the second. Mm-hmm. I think three's a surprisingly good standalone sequel that uh, I'd have been down for more of. The only mm-hmm. one that I don't like, uh, at least well, well, the jury's out on this one, I'll tell you in mm-hmm. a minute, but up until now, the only one that I didn't like was uh, Last Key, because it just kind of felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be, and the pacing mm-hmm. was all wrong, and it just kind of it, it wrapped up without feeling like it really had a story that built up anywhere. So, you know. I Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that we... Um... We're too far off. I, I think we're on a similar page on the last key, but it is one of those ones where it's like I only watched it once, and then so it is one that I'm every now and again I'm like, especially you know when a new one comes out, I'm like, eh, maybe I should revisit it see if, mm. and I, I feel a little different. I'm, I'm sure probably not too different, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I will say I did um, go ahead and I did rewatch. Uh, I mean, obviously it's October, so I'm rewatching a bunch of horror movies anyway. So when I knew that uh, yeah, I was going to be watching this. I said, you know what? I'll throw on the, the first and the second one. I'll give those a little rewatch. Oh, that's good, because uh, I have not seen them in quite some time. <laughs> uh, we actually reviewed them 
Way, way, way back. It was episode two was Insidious. <laughs> All the way oh, back wow. at the start of the show. So it's a horrible <laughs> review. There's other people there. The whole vibe is weird. We hadn't really mm-hmm. found a groove yet. It's like really short as well. Like we don't go anywhere nearly as in-depth as we do now. So... Mm. <laughs> what? Well, <laughs> I mean, the... <laughs> I'm not, uh, everything you said, uh, I agree with, except for the length. I mean, maybe those short... Ep- maybe there is something to those short reviews. <laughs> maybe I should bring those back. <laughs> I, I think there'd be a riot, Tim. If, if mm-hmm. people showed up and got a 25 minute streams after midnight, I think they'd be very upset by that. <laughs> I mean, hey, what what do you want? You want us to, you know, take four years to cover a new movie, or uh, <laughs> do you want us to get like every horror movie done in like six months? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was way way back. Honestly, at some point we should go back and redo the first three because those were so early on that they deserve to mm. be redone uh, with our. Our experience and our mm-hmm. our remastered 4K. Edition. <laughs> yes, precisely. We've, we've done it with a few others, and I've I've got a short list of about maybe seven or eight movies from that first mm-hmm. like 40, 50 episodes that I think we should go back and redo. We've done a few already, and at some point we will go back and do a few more. But <coughs> the boy <laughs> that wasn't in the first fifty. No, that doesn't need to be redone. Once was enough. We just need to see if maybe someone's opinion has changed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone in particular? <laughs> maybe the, the one person that was wrong. <laughs> oh, you! You mean you? You're talking about you. It's you, Tim, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look in, look in thy mirror, <laughs> and be true to thine own self. <laughs> what about the boys making you talk like you're in a Shakespeare play, Tim? What's what's, what's happening here? <laughs> it's just, it, it just, it, it's it's that level of movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it embarks the bard. <laughs> it's a Shakespeare level of movie. That is a direct quote from Tim on the boy. <laughs> but yes. So, no. Insidious is a franchise that, despite the fourth one being quite dodgy, uh, I quite like and was intrigued when they announced the fifth one. It's kind of neat to have a, a horror <coughs> franchise getting up to the, the, the bigger numbers because, you know, it's something that happened a lot in the 80s. We have a lot of nostalgia mm-hmm. for those franchises. And other than Saw, it feels like a lot of the, the modern <laughs> ones don't quite do that. So mm-hmm. it was neat to see this uh, exist. And also they announced it was going to be the directorial mm-hmm. debut of Patrick Wilson, the star of the first two movies, mm-hmm. who notably was not in three or four along with the rest of the family that were the focus of one and two. Because uh, mm. they kind of shifted off and did like you know standalone stories that were actually set before the first two movies. So mm-hmm. this was kind of like, oh, we're doing a continuation. And then I felt very old when I realized that the main character of this was going to be the kid <laughs> from the first one, but now he's like nineteen. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's been over a decade since Insidious. Oh, just buy me a coffin already, because I'm fully ready to go. <laughs> now you know what's funny is uh, you know talking about franchises. Uh, do you know what other horror franchise uh, got a fifth entry this year mm. Hold on. Uh, wait, actually I don't know uh, are you referring to subspecies Tim? actually <laughs> actually I wasn't but that's a that's a good it's, uh, it's, it's a, a correct good, answer I mean, yeah no that's <laughs> you can't deny that uh, uh, very good very good yeah but uh, we also had uh, e- Evil Dead Rise was this year right am I, I'm not Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It was March. Feels like an eternity ago now, but yeah, yeah. it was March. <laughs> it, it it does feel weird, very uh, weirdly long ago, um, but hey, I, I guess this is the the year of the five, as they say. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> you, you don't you don't feel like wowed by that revelation it's it's year it's 2023 but it's the year of the five I mean, like, Friday the 13th Part 5 is one of the weaker ones in the franchise, Tim. Halloween, <laughs> Halloween 5 sucks. Nightmare on Elm Street mm. 5 is pretty effy. So, hey. <laughs> it's not like the 5s in these other franchises are, are, are got a good track record, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe the Bible got it wrong. Maybe 555, five, five. that's the, the number <laughs> of the beast. No, Halloween 6 is worse than 5, so no, 6 was on the money. <laughs> really? Mm. <laughs> what do you mean really curse of michael myers Tim? are you forgetting that movie i think that's i think that's a, a more fun watch than five i would say if i had to rewatch one i would probably do that over five you've just got rose tinted paul rudd glasses on that's all <laughs> that's all i'm seeing right now so dreamy freddy's dead is like abysmal it's like the worst one in the whole franchise oh well yeah no argument there unless you count the remake obviously yeah yeah uh Friday the 13th, sure, 6 is one of the better ones, but I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's you know, okay, that's the outlier, but there's <laughs> other bad 6s, damn it. Did mm-hmm. I bring up Hellraiser 6? You don't even know which one Hellraiser 6 was, because they've all merged together in your mind, but you know it was bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that had to have been a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Howling 6 probably sucked. <laughs> I don't remember which one that was either. <laughs> oh, do you not? Okay, that was the one with the cult mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And... Uh, okay. Yeah, and Paul Rudd, as I previously mentioned. What? No, I'm, I'm talking about the Howling, not Halloween. Oh, Howling. Oh, Howling. Was howling. The, howling. Howling 6 not... was the, the circus one. Uh, okay. The freaks. <laughs> which, they come out at night, I hear. I mean, it was bad, but the next one was the lane dancing one, which... <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the freaks. <laughs> no, no one ever wants to refer to the entry in a horror franchise as the lane dancing one. There is no context in which that is good. Oh, dear. Anyway, Insidious, the red door, is about Dalton, who was the kid who was in the coma slash, you know, trapped in the further in the first movie. Uh, he is now going off to college. He's got a strange relationship with his dad, who is now separated from Rose Byrne, the wife. And he and his dad... And I had forgotten this. I'm glad the movie did a little previously on Insidious bit at the start. I would forgotten <laughs> that they intentionally got their memories wiped at the end of Insidious mm-hmm. 2, and that was how they were going to, like, avoid, like, any of the demons or anything, like, coming back through mm-hmm. and using them as conduits because they're natural conduits for all the spooky shit because they all connect mm-hmm. to the further... So, uh, this movie's very much about kind of those memories starting to come back or, like, something opens the red door, shall we say. And then they must <laughs> try red and door. <laughs> close the red door. So, that is the, the gist of it. But it's, it's kind of an interesting setup because it's, you know, it's not a family in a house where spooky shit starts happening. Mm-hmm. You've got Dalton off at his campus. He's in dorm rooms. And then you've got stuff with the dad on his own sort of trying to figure out why his mind's so messed up. And that's kind of the two, like, plot threads we follow throughout the movie. So, that is the the basic gist of Insidious Chapter 5, The Red Door, to give it its mm-hmm. full title. <laughs> so, Tim, I guess I'll ask yeah. the question. Bum, bum. <laughs> bum, bum. Bum, bum. What did you think of Insidious, The Red Door, Timmy? <laughs> <sighs> Um, yeah, I was pretty excited going into this. Um, 
Yeah, Insidious isn't one of those franchises that I think about like a ton, but like you said, it, it has a pretty good track record. Um, you know, the you know, the first one like was really good and especially at the time it felt like, you know, pretty fresh and different. Um, I wasn't as crazy as the second one, but you know, it was still pretty fun. And then I actually really, really liked the third. Um and then yeah, like we said, you know, the fourth one, <laughs> not the best. Uh, but I mean, hey, you know, it, it like you kind of said before though, it, it's fun to get these you know, long-running franchises that, you know, you know, it just doesn't seem like we get a, as much anymore. Um, and, uh, and I was kind of intrigued by the idea of, oh, this is kind of being like, uh, you know, a somewhat sequel to the, you know, the first two. I, I like that. It's not like, um, you know, oh, we have to like reboot the franchise and like, you know, those other movies don't matter. It's like, no, they still matter. It's just that this is in particular is kind of going back to these characters and, um, yeah, and I don't know, I, but weirdly, I feel like it's not a movie not a lot of people talked about, so I didn't really know going in if, like, oh, like, yeah, where, where people are saying that it's like, oh, it sucked or it's boring or, you know, or it's great. It was, like, a really surprise return to the to form. Um, after watching it, uh, <laughs> I guess my stance on it is that it's fine. <laughs> um you know, there is some stuff I liked about it. I think there's definitely some cool bits here and there. And uh, I was actually surprised at kind of how invested I was in the story, uh, you know, between the, you know, the, the son and the dad. Um, it Like, if you were told, like, when, you know, I, I kind of heard that that's what the movie was about. Like, it's maybe not doesn't sound like the most interesting thing, but uh, I don't know. I was, um, you know, I, I was into it and. Uh, I do, I don't like this thing in like movies where it's like, oh, you have one movie and it's like, oh, like there's like a happy ending or whatever. And then years later they pick up and it's like, no, actually, actually everything is bad. And like, you, you know, the, the characters aren't talking to each other anymore and they're not friends and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting here that there is like a, a specific story reason for that. So I, I think it actually makes it yeah kind of interesting that that's something that they have to, you know, get through and conquer. Um. But, uh, yeah, I just think, like, there's a couple, like, one thing that's really fun about the franchise is it is kind of just, like, a crazy bag of, like, different stuff. Like, it's not just, like, you know, like, one particular, like, ghost or something that's haunting them. Like, it, it's cool, like, when you watch, like, the first couple of movies, because there's, like, so much different stuff that's going on. And then once you actually add the further into it, there's so much, like, wacky, fun, like, it it's like a lot of setup for just like you know what can be really fun like jump scares and and weird stuff uh happening which um and i don't mean that in a negative way like i think you know jump scares can be kind of good and fun uh you know when they're done properly and, and set up and i think this one actually does have a couple of set pieces where you know that like a jump scare is coming uh but i think they do it in a fun way or, or, or and stuff but um yeah i feel like there wasn't as much like kind of crazy stuff uh as I wanted out of this. And then, uh, I kind of felt the ending, like got a little rushed. Like, you know, that, that comes to a point where, you know, the characters start figuring out what's happening and what they knew, need to do to kind of like overcome it. And I kind of thought like, Oh, this is where we're going to start getting, you know, some really cool, like spooky stuff when they're going to start, you know, doing some more exploring or, or whatever. And then it kind of, uh, it kind of just ended like, and, and, I think kind of a dull way, but, um, that being said though, like I'm not super negative about it. I still had fun watching it. Like it's, uh, it's a perfectly fine movie. Um, uh, it's just, yeah, unfortunately 
it wasn't like a, a big oh my god wow like they they did it it's back baby but um no i mean it's a good enough entry like you said it's the fifth entry so probably you know when you compare it to a lot of other fifth entries it's probably like leaps and bounds you know ahead of them uh but yeah it's it's just fine it, which is kind of the uh, i was actually kind of trying to think of like what the um theme for like horror this year is and it's like you know like we've had like a couple of years where it's like oh wow like this is a great year for indie horror or like oh man this is like a great year for returning to franchises or like oh this is like a great year for like we're getting like cool new like studio horror or whatever um which usually is not the case but you know every now and again you get some good ones but i feel like this year has just been like a lot of horror movies that are like just fine like a lot of you know, sixes out of tens <laughs> floating around this year, um, which I guess isn't a bad thing. It's better than having a lot of crap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's not like a strong year, but it's also not like a super like bad year either. It's uh, kind of weird. But anyway, <laughs> that's that's my story. <laughs> All I asked is what you thought of Insidious Five, and somehow <laughs> I, I got a, I got a monologue that lasted way beyond that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I went in with low expectations because I think the reviews at the time during the summer when it came out were were pretty bad to mm-hmm. mediocre. So I kind of went in with very kind of just okay, hoping for the best. Hopefully, I disagree mm-hmm. with them and that you know that that's what what I'll maybe get out of it. And as I was watching it, I, I kind of found myself uh, agreeing with a couple of things you said there. Is that. Mm-hmm. As it was going, I was like, you know, I'm kind of invested in the story in a way that I don't think I I expected to be, and I don't, mm. and I think it is probably because I like the first movie so much, and I think mm-hmm. everything that this movie does is is at least built out of the mythology that was set up in that first movie, so it doesn't feel mm. like we're just doing like weird cheats to kind of like have a movie happen. Um, mm. It feels like there's kind of a a message and a meaning behind why like the mm-hmm. things are happening again and mm-hmm. i think that's a decent thing um i enjoyed uh the the characters particularly i thought uh the roommate character chris she and dalton i thought had good chemistry and i thought she was mm-hmm. a good kind of friend character to have around so i was i'll be honest she kind of annoyed me <laughs> oh, well you know, just... I, I just need to dial it down just a little bit like <laughs> Well, regardless, I, I like I, I thought she was pretty likable. I thought the whole thing with the setup and him looking into like these like repressed memories and as he was seeing more mm-hmm. stuff, the more creepy stuff was happening and things were going on. Like I thought that was mostly pretty good even to a mm-hmm. point, but I kind of also agree that it never excels to like greater end like that or or even just outright good. Like I, I think when, by the time I got to the end, I was kind of feeling like, you know what? For movie number five, I think that was a solid enough entry if you happen to care about the franchise. I don't think it's yeah. going to make any new fans. I don't think it's going mm-hmm. to leave a super lasting impression in a lot of ways. But I think if I'm rewatching the franchise, I'm quite happy to have that on as the kind of the, the you know, I may skip oh, four. Sure. But I'm happy to have that on. There is a couple of things uh, that I definitely don't like as much. I do actually agree the ending feels a bit rushed. Uh, after a lot of decent setup, it feels like it kind of... And the, the premise of what's happening at the ending is actually really good. But it just kind of... Mm-hmm. 
quickly happens without much fanfare, bizarrely. Uh, yeah. And there's also one, like, really weird, just ultra-saccharine moment right at the very, very end that I think is, is, mm. a, is a bridge too far. But, yeah. um, by and large, I think it's a pretty decent fifth movie. Like, and maybe this is coming from a place where, like, I'm just happy that it, it feels like it's doing something a little different. It's, like, built out of what the move, the first movie set up, but it's also... Like I say, it's not a family in a house with a kid who's freaking mm-hmm. out. It's it's a different setup with different characters in different places. <laughs> Everything's tying into the mythology of these characters can go into the further and that, you know, opens this door to all sorts of nasty things and some of them are mm-hmm. specifically have been gunning for these characters for years and mm-hmm. that's something that comes up. Like, I, I think, honestly, all of that stuff I was kind of into, and I was like, you know what, much yeah. like the second one, because the second movie's not a great movie either, it's kind mm-hmm. of, like, just ultra-convoluted, we're going to do tons with the mythology, <laughs> but because yeah. I like the mythology of the first one so much, I was kind of into it, even though it was definitely mm-hmm. not as slick or as tight a movie by any means, and I think yeah. this, like, like you said, there's actually a, f- a few fun set pieces where it does some creepy moments that have good jump scares, Maybe I could have liked a little bit more of them, but what was there yeah. I thought was pretty solid. So I think sure. overall I'm kind of positive on it. I think not like gushing praise by any means, not like you have to see this, mm-hmm. it's great. But I think if you like, I was, you know, I think the, the, the perfect way to put it is that if you like Insidious 2, I think you'll <laughs> still get something out of Insidious 5. Yeah. That, that, that would be maybe how I'd phrase it. Well said, little brother. Yeah, all right, Tim. <laughs> don't need to be condescending. I just, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's so dumb in uh, movies or TV shows when anyone talks to someone like that. Like, like, all right, obviously the movie is just reminding you that he's talking to his younger brother, but no one ever actually talks to someone on the phone like, "Hey, big brother. Hey, little brother." Hmm. Uh, I don't know. People might say, "Hey, bro. Hey, sis." No, then uh. That's fine, but, like, yeah, if he was, like, hey, bro, whatever. But I think he, like, literally says, like, little, hey, little brother. <laughs> That's fair. There's The smarter way of doing it is to have them talk about someone else that makes it obvious. Like, see if they say, hey, have you talked to mum yet? That's, like, yeah. that sounds natural, and it makes it clear the siblings. Much better, yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say I was, like, I was pretty impressed with, um... The I I don't I forget that the actor's name but the you know Patrick the, the guy Wilson, that, <laughs> not not him the 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 guy that plays uh, Dalton oh um, Ty Simpkins there you go because uh, I don't know if he's done much between the movies but you know um, it's it's sometimes it's a little bit of a risk like for when a kid actor grows up if he's gonna actually be good or not but um, I think <laughs> you know, he's a pretty good actor in this I actually don't think I realized it was the same I just assumed they cast someone new because mm-hmm. he was older but yeah it's actually the same actor as the, the first yeah. movie so hey hey fair play that's impressive mm-hmm. uh, he was the kid in Iron Man 3 as well apparently oh, or he was okay. in at least he was in I don't know if he was the kid maybe maybe mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just assuming he was that kid, because hmm. I can think of one kid that was an Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, there's pretty much one <laughs> kid there. Uh, hold on, I'm clicking on Iron Man three to see how far up the list he is. Um, where is he? Harley Keener was that that kid? I think that was the kid. I mean, I mean Lord knows I can't remember the name. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anyone else above him that would be the kid. That's yeah. gotta be right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so he'd been in some other movies at least in, in the there meantime. You go. 
Uh, it was in The Whale that came out last year. I've not seen that yet, but... <laughs> I saw it, and uh, oof, that was quite the movie. <laughs> See that? Yeah. Oh, it was one of the kids in Jurassic World. Oh, okay. Actually, it's just amazing that I've not realized that this kid is the same person in all these movies, but fair well, enough. I guess he gets around more than I thought. Yeah, I, I guess it's just because he's going through puberty, so every time I see him, he looks a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now he's got long hair, and he's like, you know, an adult. <laughs> like, it's weird. So angsty. He's, he's a bit angsty, but he's got, like, this weird repressed memory thing of this, like, you know, demonic mm. kidnapping that happened to him. So, I mean, I can't really hold All that right, against I'll him. I'll give him a pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, mm. yeah. And I, I, I thought... <sighs> Maybe if I have another critique is that I would say maybe the first like half hour or so uh, is a little slow at times. Like it feels like it's spending a lot of time on the setup, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but it does kind of go a little while without anything really creepy happening. Uh, mm-hmm. When the creepy stuff does happen, though, it does. I'd say it's mostly pretty satisfying for what it is. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I guess maybe the only argument or thing you could say is that it feels like Wilson as a director is channeling sort of, like, things that the first Insidious did, as opposed mm-hmm. to coming up with crazy new things, like James Wan that's might fair. have done. And I think that's yeah. maybe a fair critique you could maybe levy at it, but I still think it's doing the things that it is doing relatively solid. So, yeah. I, I, I get, I'm, I'm kind of pleasantly surprised in a weird way, because I kind of mm-hmm. thought it was going to be shit. <laughs> and instead, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, nah, it's kind of, it's okay. It's actually not bad. Like, I, I you know, I, I, I was happy enough watching it, and I don't regret watching it, which is more than I can say for... Your pet cemetery bloodlines. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. So, yes, Insidious Five better than Pet Cemetery Four. Oof. Or more importantly, it's, it's. I mean, it's definitely better than Insidious Four, right? I mean, we're. Yeah. We're in agreement on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I barely remember that much from the movie, but I definitely know my feelings were higher in this one than that one. Go back and check out our review time if you really need to refresh her. You can hear what you said, word for word. Uh, that is true. <laughs> I, I can do that. It's on the record, damn it. <laughs> anywho, anywho. Mm. Uh, so I, I guess we'll give the spoiler warning so we can uh, just talk about the movie freely, talk about the different mm-hmm. things that it does, and uh, mm-hmm. get into it. So, yeah. Spoilers, then. Or insidious the red door you have been warned the spoiler door is open the spo- yes we're beyond the spoiler door mm. uh, yeah um there's a couple of things that it kind of sets up that i wish it did a bit more with like you know like mm. dalton once he starts realizing that he can go into the further he kind of does it intentionally to try and talk to this ghost that's in a in a frat house and i felt mm-hmm. like they were setting stuff up here where this was going to be something he does a bit more and more or he like does more mm-hmm. with it and it ends up just being kind of a scare to show that it's dangerous to do this, which is fine. But I, I thought, oh, maybe there's going to be more to this. So there was a couple of things like that where it felt like, oh, this feels like it's going to be a big deal like going forward in the movie. And it kind of wasn't in the way that I, th- you know, that I, I thought it might be. It also feels weird because that, you know, those frat scenes, it seems like they're setting up, uh, you know, Nick the Dick to be more of a character <laughs> in the movie. But um yeah, he, he's really, gone after huh? that, like, second scene. It, it, it kind of feels like, yeah, there's maybe some deleted scenes that, that came after that that probably, mm. you know, got, got cut out for whatever reason. Yeah, because, like, obviously he's set up as being an asshole, but then, like, he does save uh, 
you know chris's character in, in that like you know second kind of instance um or i guess i mean i don't know maybe if it's like well actually it was dalton saving her or, or whatever in the further but you know he's trying to help um so it, it you know kind of has that feel of like oh this wow. character you thought was a dick might not be so bad that like maybe he's gonna join their crew or <laughs> well, something hold on, well, hold on a second hold on a second <laughs> this character you thought was a dick may not be so like there's a line that he's got, and that line is not letting someone die. I'll give him that. But that doesn't change the <laughs> fact that he is, well, Nick the Dick, and he's named that for well, a reason. Obviously, yeah. Okay? Like, they introduce this character who gives the speech mm. to the frat house, who then we see uh, he, he wears moisturizer or something. Mm. Like, he's, got, he's got, like, cream on for, like, a whole scene. Mm-hmm. And starts talking about it. But he's really mean to Chris when he, when he catches Chris and uh, Dalton in his room. And they, you know, Chris quickly starts kissing Dalton to pretend that they were a couple mm-hmm. in there. Which, that's also something I thought they were going to, like, develop. Like, I thought yeah. Dalton was going to be like, hey, I kind of like that kiss. And then maybe by the end imply, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to maybe date or something, be a couple. But yeah. uh, they didn't do that. But, you know, Dalton's like, oh, maybe if we get drunk enough, we might find you attractive. So stick around and... Uh, to which Chris... Well, Dal- Dalton doesn't say that. Oh, sorry, sorry, Dalton doesn't um, say that. No. Nick the Dick says that, <laughs> that sorry. That would be crazy. Yeah. If he's Nick the Dick says that, sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm conflating the names. Yeah. Uh, to which Chris, and this is probably, if you didn't like her already, this is the moment we go, she's more of a, a kick the dick kind of person. And then, mm-hmm. would you believe it, she does in fact kick him in the dick. And uh, they, they bolt it. So, uh, that's, uh, see, those were instances where I like the, the character, like the, like, I, I didn't completely hate the character. It was, there were just times where I was like, all right, it seems like the, they're trying too hard to make her like quirky or whatever. And like, um, there's weird stuff where she's like, like, let's go like look through their rooms and stuff. And I'm like, that's <laughs> get, like, I don't know. That's not like a cool thing to do. Even if they are like annoying frat guys, like, I don't know. I feel like you shouldn't be going through like people's property oh. and stuff and like making fun of them. But um uh, Charles is an old man right now to be honest him (laughs) Charles is such an old man (laughs) alright yeah no I think like her quirkiness kind of counteracted the fact that Dalton was just kind of this quiet mopey guy who was was hesitant (laughs) to like really interact with anyone so that's fair it was was kind of a balancing act uh, more Mm -hmm. than anything because the whole, whole thing of course is that uh, his dad drives him out there, which is something that he kind of wrestled over even mm-hmm. wanting to do at the start of the movie because uh, mm-hmm. he feels awkward with his son. And he does drive him out there, but they have this big fight just before they leave where the dad tries to encourage him to go to this frat party and Dalton's mm-hmm. like, you don't know me. <laughs> if, you're, if you're suggesting <laughs> I go to a frat party, like, no, like that's not me. And they end up having a fight and Dalton says, you know, I can see why mom left you and... Uh, mm-hmm he calls him a little shit and it, you know it's this whole big thing where they, they kind of blow up each other and we this is also around here where we meet chris who turns out to be his roommate which is a mistake because it, apparently the admissions or whoever's running the, the dorms mm-hmm. assumed chris was a guy because the name chris <laughs> and clearly you know they're not supposed to put the boys and the girls together in the dorm rooms yeah uh but uh so she gets a different room the next night but they spend the first night in the same room and then she ends up hanging out anyway because they kind of become friends. And uh, I thought it was kind of sweet that when Dalton's getting kind of really scared because he actually has like an actual supernatural scare like the next mm-hmm. night. And mm-hmm. Chris actually chooses to stay in the room with him t- to make him feel comfortable and better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought that was that was sweet. It was a bit of character bonding. You... Yeah. Better that. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Don't mind that. 
Alright, well, we talk about what triggers everything then. Uh, mm-hmm. At least with Dalton, anyway. We'll talk about uh, Josh, the dad, separately. Uh, Dalton goes to his art class, and he's got this fancy art teacher who's like, okay, everyone, take out one of your, your work from your portfolio and put it on your on your easel. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll walk around and judge them. And she goes over to, like, one guy who's put out his drawing of, like, someone holding a sword or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and she's like, this looks like a photograph. I can see your technique. And he's like, thank you. That was not a compliment. Tear it up. It disgusts me. <laughs> so she's a little bit over the top. And yeah. it's all, you know, this kid refuses. But then Dalton like, rips up his portrait that he did of his grandmother. Because mm-hmm. the movie starts with the grandmother's funeral, by the way. Just the FYI. Mm-hmm. She was a character in the first two movies. But mm-hmm. he, he rips up this drawing of her. And the teacher likes that. She liked it a lot. He's the teacher's <laughs> pet instantly for it. Yeah. Um, and I think this is actually as a subtle little thing in the storytelling because the whole idea of the movie is that all these repressed memories. This is showing that he's willing to give up a memory in this moment. Mm-hmm. And then the lesson of the movie is is that even the bad memories you have to keep. You can't just lock them away. You have to be able to live with mm-hmm. them and process them. That's the overall message of the movie. I know you don't want me talking about trauma, Tim. You're sick of movies, horror <laughs> movies being also about trauma. But I think this yeah. kind of was as well. I think it, it kind of warrants it in this because it's, you know, it's playing off the themes from, like, yeah, yeah. The, the other movies and stuff. So it's uh, I, I was fine with it uh, in yeah. this and, and a big part of it as well is the idea that, uh, like, mental illness is passed down through, mm-hmm. you know, family members and the, the grandfather we find out, like, at least he was diagnosed as schizophrenic. In actuality, mm-hmm. he was probably just doing further stuff in astral projection yeah. and no one could explain all the weird stuff that was happening mm-hmm. to him. But that passed down to, to Josh, which is now passed down to Dalton. And, mm-hmm. you know, so they, they've all got this ability, right? That's, that's the thing. I do just want to, yeah, mention, you know, real quick before, you know, we're, we're too far from the scene. But the, you know, that, that kid that refuses to, you know, tear up his picture, uh, you yeah. know he's going to become an AI bro. Like, <laughs> he, like he, he was, like, so proud of his, like, photorealistic thing that he, I'm sure he, he's going to pivot <laughs> to AI stuff. This is going to sound bad and so judgmental, but all I could focus on in his scene when he was talking was this little earring stud that he had in his ear. <laughs> and I thought, I'm kind of enjoying you getting chewed out right now, buddy, because you're, you're offending me with this little this little sad, pathetic gem in your earlobe. Yeah, well, some people can't hack it in uh, what's-her-face class. <laughs> I don't remember her name. Is it some fancy-ass teacher? Uh, oh, here you go. Uh, Almagen. Professor Almagen was her name. There you go. Sounds like a Harry Potter character. <laughs> mm. uh, or Armigan. Sorry, Armigan. Did I say Almagen? Armigan. It was an R, not there an L. Um, so I, I did like the teacher, though. Like, she is, like, very, uh, like, she was over the top, but, like, I don't know. I, I thought that that made it fun. And Although, it, it I, is... I, I did get a chuckle, though. The, the reason mm-hmm. why all this starts for Dalton is because this teacher, this professor, mm. um, does a countdown from 10 and says, look inside <laughs> yeah. yourself. And she starts counting down. And I'm like, oh, this just happens to be a lot of like the hypnosis that you know sent him to the father when he was a kid. Oh, no. That's, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I was just about to say. Like, yeah, it's very funny that that's how this all starts. <laughs> yeah. At least they have her do it again in a later scene to imply mm-hmm. that this is something she does. Like, con- this is like one yeah. of her quirks that she always does. It's not just this one's for the sake of like triggering his repressed memory. Because you yeah. see it in the trailer, but he like sort of scribbles out the red door. Like, you know, that's what mm-hmm. he draws with the uh, 
the uh what was it was he using it's the mm. the art tool <laughs> whatever like, uh, it's charcoal not... Yeah, it was charcoal. See, I was like, it's not yeah. paint. It's, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to remember what the what the what the implement was, mm -hmm. the the drawing tool. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yes. No thoughts. Okay, all right. I'll, 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 no, no thoughts on the drawing or. I I just uh, I just kind of lost track of where we were going because I feel like we were trying so hard to remember the actual tool. Don't make using. me relive this humiliation, Tim. <laughs> I just happened 30 seconds ago. You made me relive it already. <laughs> All right, repress it. Jeez. You sick bastard. <laughs> By the way, I, was this PG-13? I think I noticed that when I was, uh... Mm. When I was, uh, checking uh, earlier. Um... That was, probably. That was I mean, there wasn't... I don't feel like there was anything like that, like... Yeah, P like, yeah. There definitely wasn't any nudity or anything in it. Yeah, PG-13. No, I mean, it was just interesting, because I, I never felt it, like, lack any tension because mm -hmm. of that which i guess just shows because of the type of horror it is it doesn't need because it's not like a violent horror like the yeah. Sidious was never like a super violent thing uh yeah i, mean, I don't think the other ones were are no i think the first one was think. was it hmm. i think the first couple oh, yeah, they were. Did have, that, have that demon with that giant cock <laughs> forgot about that <laughs> i think you're thinking of the porn parody you watched tim oh yeah, yeah. in sid Inside of us, I don't know. <laughs> Inside of us, the last Eldo. There you go. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so, yeah, that that's what kickstarts his thing, though, mm -hmm. and it's when he's working on this painting a bit more in his dorm room, where he kind of like falls asleep and goes into the further, mm -hmm. and he goes snooping around <clears throat> the dorms, and he goes into the room that Chris has now moved into, and like picks mm -hmm. up her her instrument which reminds me she had like a really oh, weird yeah. innuendo line earlier on was, where she says do you want to blow on my who was it? it was hooter yeah. yeah and he's like excuse me and she's like <laughs> my my ear piano thing <laughs> I was like, oh okay yeah okay, i can do that yeah so one thing that was like a nice um little callback on, on that scene that I probably wouldn't have caught if I hadn't just rewatched the other two movies, but he plays like a little song and then she's like, Oh, like what song was that? And he was like, Oh, it's a song my mom wrote. Um, so that was actually like the song that in the second movie, uh, you know, Rose Burns character like plays that song at the piano and, um, you know, Josh, when he's like possessed, you know, she's like, Oh, don't you recognize that song? And he's like, no, I don't know what it is. And, She's like, oh, okay. I wrote that song for you. <laughs> like, you don't remember it? And that's when she kind of starts realizing, like, oh, this is not my husband. Mm. And then he's like, tear it up. Like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> tear that piano in half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Chris is kind of aware enough, like, because she wakes mm -hmm. up and hears the thing drop, and she runs down and says, hey, you're a creep. Were you in my room? And then he obviously tries to explain, like, the whole astral thing without saying mm -hmm. those words because he doesn't know it yet. Because there's a scene, this is how they get the... Uh, the paranormal investigators <laughs> out of the movie. Oh, you sound annoyed. I, Were you annoyed by uh, this? Well, no, well, the... Yeah, it, it just is way too forced for me. The The problem okay. is that I love these characters, so I do want them in the movie, but I want them... Like, once they figure out what's going on, I want them to call them and have them help out or something. Like, this was just... It's just one of those things that was, like, too big a coincidence for me to, like, take seriously. Because, like, oh, like... 
you did a, like a YouTube search and like the first person you find just happens to be like these researchers that are involved in this well, kid's life. Oh, like, okay. T- to be fair, she comes in when she's found it. We have no idea how much searching she did to, to get to it. Okay. <laughs> right. We I don't know so that. She, she watched 10 other videos and then just landed <laughs> on this one and decided that was the one to show him for yeah no no okay, random like, reason yeah i take your point okay <laughs> but i kind of liked it because it was like hey <laughs> we can show them and keep them a part of the the dna of the franchise without <laughs> having to actually force them into the plot itself because <laughs> well i wouldn't have minded if they'd called them i thought <laughs> it was kind of a neat way to see them and then see lin shay obviously they kind of <laughs> ruin it by doing the other lin shay thing at the end which i thought was a bit forced uh, I agree. Yeah, but like in this scene, like them finding like her giving like, and I do actually like this in the suggested videos because they're mm-hmm. talking in the thing and, and then they bring her up, and then the that suggested sense, videos yeah. there was like this lecture she did where she's talking about the mm-hmm. further, and I was like, okay, this is this is a neat thing because this is mm-hmm. like the Randy from Stream Three videotape, but instead of something <laughs> she specifically recorded for the future, this is just no no no. We live in the world with YouTube, and some of our things are on YouTube, so they just you know mm-hmm. find them. I was like, okay. I think that's fine. I think that makes sense. Um, and to be fair, would you call these guys? Because they do look like a pair of tits in this video. <laughs> you, you can't take them seriously. And that was always their gimmick, is that they kind of feel like they don't really belong, but... No, and yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's just... And to be clear, like I would rather have this scene in the movie than just not have them in the movie at mm. all. So it's like, you know, if, if this is what we get, that's fine. But um, it, it just felt a little forced to me, and I did kind of miss them having... Again, like yeah, you know, I don't want them to be the stars uh, of the movie, which actually that's probably that's kind of why four didn't work. Four, very well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, I just yeah, it just it just feels it, it's hard for me to kind of take it seriously because it just feels like so forced and like too much of a, a coincidence. Um, but okay. um, maybe but... that's too nitpicky. I, again, I do agree though. I, I was happy to see them. Like I, <sighs> I would rather have them than not you know, be think... in the movie at all. <laughs> It's a fine line because I could see myself feeling the same way, but for for whatever reason, I just smiled when I saw them and went, okay, <laughs> if this is their inclusion, then this is a cute little mm-hmm. way of just having them be there a little and, you know, then mm-hmm. moving on. I guess maybe something that can justify it is, I mean, if, like, they they clearly got so much, like, experience and stuff from, you know, the, the last couple of movies and they've probably been around so much ghost stuff that they probably could have started a very popular you know channel or podcast or even like a oh, tv yeah. show or, or something so maybe they are super popular people love would, the uh the true crime yeah. and the paranormal like podcasts yeah. like they, they could totally be doing that shit so it's it, it I, you know it is possible then yeah if they are like big names in the paranormal world that maybe that's one of the first things that pops up when you search but you know why am I doing the heavy lifting for <laughs> explaining this? You know? They can end every, or the start of every episode, like the intro always ends with, let's look a little further. <laughs> and then... The yeah. the the second clip that you're talking about with Elise, I did think that was funny because, like, she starts off, like, so, like, like, it, like it starts off very, like, kind of jovial and she's like yeah, kind of smiling she's like hey, welcome- and then it gets like really intense <laughs> yeah it's like welcome class i'm happy to be speaking here yeah. go into the further and you will see some messed up shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the further you go the worse and more danger you're in and yada yada um yeah she's like you know it's populated with the dead that want nothing but pain for the living it's like oh jesus like 
this is like the first minute of the lecture. Like, where are we going <laughs> to go from here? <laughs> um, uh, and also, we didn't mention, too, the, the other cameo from, uh, was it like Clyde or something? Like that old guy from the second movie was at uh, the mother's funeral. Yeah, he's the one who erased their uh, their memory. <laughs> And Josh yeah. has a moment where he kind of sees him and like thinks you look familiar, and he just kind of mm-hmm. is friendly, but tries to get away as quickly as possible because he doesn't want to trigger all the memories because mm-hmm. he knows why they shouldn't remember. Yeah, it's. I mean, I guess we'll probably get more into it like towards the end, but there's like a weird thing with this movie where it's like, I don't know, like, like it feels like so many people like, or maybe you could have solved a lot of stuff with like, maybe like you know giving them their memories back or whatever like did you really have to like just let your marriage go to shit and get a divorce (laughs) instead of just being like maybe at some point you should have been like you know what like let's just you know undo this and uh, i know it it sucks but maybe like you have to live (laughs) with that instead of uh i mean i guess that's like the point of the movie but it's just weird that like other characters like didn't intervene sooner or something (laughs) Well, two points on that. One, she let the marriage go to shit is because she believed that if if the memories came back, that the demons would come after them again, and she almost mm-hmm. lost both her son and her husband. So I can kind of see the confliction oh, come on. from her. <laughs> uh, secondly, as for why other characters don't give them their memories back in this movie, mm-hmm. it's because none of them know until nearly... Mm-hmm. like Until Josh goes to the wife and starts talking about all the things that he's been seeing and mm-hmm. experiencing... That's only, that's when she's like, oh shit, okay, Josh, I need to tell you a few things, <laughs> right? Like she tells him pretty quickly once he actually says he's been seeing things and shit. She like up until that point though, no one knows what him or Dalton are really going through. Well, I mean, I think just be, I mean, not specifically talking about demons, but like you know, he keeps talking about having having this like fogginess <clears throat> that's like affecting like his brain and his memories and stuff. Which mm. I mean, I mean, maybe he's keeping that to himself, but it, it seemed like more to me that it was something that like you know that he was open to talking about. I mean, at the very least, like Josh knew about it because he you know he kept telling them like no, yeah, I, the I fogginess, and he was going to doctors. and The stuff. wife knew as well. No, that was definitely not something mm-hmm. that was like he definitely was bringing it up, and it was kind of this sort of blanket excuse mm-hmm. that for why he's been acting weird for the last few mm-hmm. years. Um, I mean, no, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think the idea is that the the risk of like like in a weird way is mm-hmm. to protect himself because sure, like, sure, sure. he might get yeah. killed if he remembers. And Fair. part of the movie is that when they do finally remember it, so no, no, they have the strength to live with this, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the the the, the point. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I don't know. Well, anyway, so the whole thing with that. Uh, and also, sorry, not just uh, not to belabor that, but then it, it also it just I don't know. The thing that kind of stinks about it is that um, I don't know. Like I, I do feel like I want like Rose Byrne <laughs> to have more to do <laughs> in this movie. Like she's, you know, she's just really barely a character uh at all um so uh, that's another thing like oh yeah it might be nice if she was more involved in it but yeah i mean yeah i mean i i guess i expected it though because the way she was credited she was she got the the, the mm-hmm. final credit she was the and was burn at the end so i just kind of oh she's <clears throat> she's kind of a borderline cameo then versus yeah you know this this is the son's movie and patrick wilson's the supporting actor and then everyone else is kind of minor by, you know, Which, I mean, it, it makes sense because, yeah, they're the ones, you know, that go through all that travel in the further and stuff. And, you know, the movie's uh, about them. But, um, 
Yeah, you know, it just kind of stinks because, uh, you know, she was a character that I liked. And it feels like, you know, even though she wasn't, you know, the one traveling and stuff, it feels like the first movie was, you know, centered a bit more around her. Uh, yeah, I mean, for um, a lot of that first movie, she was, it was like, she was the one noticing all the stuff happening for a good portion yeah. of that movie. So she definitely was kind of the central character for a good bit of it. Uh, but I, I'm just glad they got her back because it's, you know, yeah. these, these sequels, like, the, the, I mean, Tim, like, don't look a gift horse in the mouth because so many <laughs> of these sequels is like, they'll either recast mm. because the actors don't want to come back or they'll just <laughs> say, oh, they died off camera between movies oh, yeah. <laughs> and they'll just explain it that way. At least here, like, mm. she is there and the fact that they're mm. in this position where they're separated ties into, like, the overall themes and plot of the movie. Like, yeah. Like other than just giving her her own plot line where she gets to do a lot more mm-hmm. stuff, this is almost the best case scenario in a weird way because at least yeah. <laughs> it's making it all work in the context of the film without having to just kind of shit can her because ah Roseburn's too big for us now she doesn't want to come back. Well, she's got that Ninja Turtle money now. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. She's Leatherhead and <laughs> and the new Turtles movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, voice acting doesn't pay as well as all this stuff, all the live action stuff. I mean, that said, maybe the Turtles movie did pay more than Insidious 5. That's actually possible. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, it's kind of borderline. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Could go either way. Uh, I I suspect this was kind of a case of, like, because Patrick Wilson was direct and it was like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll do it as a favourite him because, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they were friends from the first couple of movies. I don't I'm know. I'm sure, yeah. I don't know. Um, or or maybe, or maybe, maybe she's just, you know, she's hard up. You know, she's kicking that crystal meth <laughs> habit. She needs a paycheck. <laughs> and, yeah. Alleged crystal meth habit, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I did just make that up, but just in case anyone thinks I'm actually referencing, like, a real thing. <laughs> like, uh, as far as I know, I no crystal meth. <laughs> we can't be sued. We cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find we can, which is why I'm making this, this very clear. Um, thank you very much. Uh... Anyway, so so back to Dalton. Dal- Dalton mm-hmm. is he tries to see the dead kid because there's a whole big sequence. Um, so actually, the first mm-hmm. time he's at the further, I should just mention there's a creepy bit at the very end of it where like a little demon with a tail like tries to mm-hmm. come in the room after him when he goes back to his body, but he just shuts the door quick enough. Need a little mm-hmm. moment. Just thought I'd mention it. Uh, mm-hmm. But then when they go to the frat house for the the party, uh, which they're making fun of, he ends up seeing this ghost, and it's like a this reference just before he sees him where there was this incident with a kid. Who, mm-hmm. who died and uh, Dalton sees him and he gets freaked out and there's a whole thing here where he's hiding under the bed and he's like sort of sneaking out he's, mm-hmm. and I think one of the things this movie does well is the whole like, the silent person in the background is out of focus mm. who's like oh, a, yeah. who's either coming towards the camera it happens, you know, it happens right at the start uh, with Patrick Wilson sitting in the car mm-hmm. and he's he's looking at his phone and you just see this figure in the background by the end of the movie, you understand that was his dad who's like trying to mm-hmm. reach out to him. But obviously, at the start, you're just like, "Oh, that's creepy." But I love yeah. that, like, the movie knows when not to do the sting. Like, it'll do the music sting eventually, mm-hmm. but it'll let it go a while and just enjoy the the creepy visual of the silence. And even one of the jump scares, which I think is under a bed again, where either Dalton or Chris look to the side and there's like a face there. I mm-hmm. love that it takes a second before the music sting hits. It waits until who that like demon or whatever it is looks mm-hmm. over at them. The eyes move first, and then the sting hits. Yeah, I think that's just a nice little touch that made it a better scare to me. Like I thought, oh, that was that was oh, fun for sure. Yeah, I had a bit more personality. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And I mean, I guess not to uh, <clears throat> uh, jump around too much, but um, I really like the 
so like you, you know you, you kind of set up early on that it looks like there's something that's following uh you know patrick wilson's character and then um He's got, I, I like, there's two big scenes that one of which i'm sure you're about to mention but there's two big set pieces with him as he's looking into his own stuff one's where he goes to get an mri mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. other one is when he's trying to do this uh, memory game on his window that the doctor yeah. told him to do to try and help sort of, you know, basically just, like, give his brain, like, a task in practice that, like, helps with yeah. short-term memory. Yeah, so, you know, people complain about jump scares all the time, but I think what they're really complaining about is the very generic kind of shitty jump scares where all it is is, like, literally, like, you know something jumps out of the shadow at someone or yeah like you know someone opens a door or whatever or it's just you know whatever very easy generic stuff that's not really that scary what i like about these are like they actually take time to like set stuff up so it actually feels like oh okay i see what they're setting up but let me see how they're gonna do it so like i i think the memory game is like a perfect example of that where very good yeah i like this one a lot yeah like as soon as you see it you know what's gonna happen like He's lifting up these cards, and then you know, okay, eventually he's going to start lifting stuff up, and you're going to start to see something. Well, one key detail you've left out here is they're on the window. So right, right, right. Yeah. He's, he's, got, he's got these bits of cardboard with photos <laughs> of his family members hidden on the other <laughs> side of the cardboard, and he's lifting them up. Just like, just like, so there's like a pairs of them. So he lifts up one, and he sees Dalton, and then he lifts up another, he sees his mom, he sees, sees his wife, blah, blah, blah. And then he sees Dalton again, and the whole idea is that when he sees this, like a pair... He has to remember where the first one was of that pair, and he's struggling, right? So he fails, and then he reassembles, re- he jumbles them up again. But as he's taking them down and putting them back up, you see this figure off in the distance across the street. Um, and I, in hindsight, I now realize that was the same figure as the opening scene that was behind the car. But at the time, I didn't really notice that. I just kind of saw a figure. Uh, but you see him standing there as he's putting the the bits of cardboard back up. And then you're expecting when he takes them down again, oh, he's still going to be there or he's going to be closer, but he's gone. And he puts <laughs> the, the back up and then he's like trying to remember where the one was. He's like, oh, where was that? Where was the one of my mom? I'm trying to remember. And he goes to lift up the middle one and you're thinking, oh, the face is going to be there. And it's not. There's nothing there. But the whole time you're on edge because you're like, okay, now they've established this creepy figure was standing <laughs> outside the window. I'm waiting for them to come, come through. And then the way it pays off is that at a moment where you don't really expect it because he's kind of like up close and he's just starting to take them down again instead of something mm. appearing like the thing just crashes through the window and it's super <laughs> loud and it actually yeah. has a good jump scare it's like oh mm. that actually played on my expectations and did it in a mm. way that i didn't see coming yeah like the crappy version of that in like a bad generic movie would be like you know he lifts up a card and there's nothing and then he lifts it up again and this time there's like a big cgi eyeball yes like right <laughs> up against the screen and the music's like Rah! like you know uh but no like this i actually did like i like the patience uh that it takes because that just really amps up like you know the uh the tension and you're you're waiting you know, it, it, it's like a puzzle, like, you know, you're, you're wait or you're trying to kind of get ahead of what the movie's going to do. And then it actually en- does end up surprising you at the end. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a really good little bit. Yeah. Uh, and the whole point of this scene is that the ghost chases him up to the room, mm-hmm. uh, his mom's room, because it seemed like he was living in his mom's house when he separated mm-hmm. with his wife. And it leads him to the box of photos, <laughs> which is like showing him who his dad was. And that's how he looks into him and finds out more about him. 
so they had a purpose that the ghost was leading them there, even though yeah. he was being very scary about it. <laughs> or, or at the very least, he was it was scary from his perspective. Like, arguably, maybe he wasn't actually doing anything scary. Uh, yeah. Although, jumping through the window is pretty intense that's a though. bit much yeah a bit intense <laughs> but i guess you got to make him take notice like yeah you, that's true yeah you, yeah you can't shake uh apathy out of someone without dramatic examples okay to quote batman <laughs> so uh, and then the other one's the mri scene which is first because he goes to get an mri to see mm-hmm. if he's got anything physically wrong with his brain and mm-hmm. they do this whole thing where you're, you're sort of looking up at his face inside the mri machine so the cameras it's almost as if the camera's sitting on his mm-hmm. stomach and looking up at his face and you just notice this blurry shape, like, like above him, like there's something mm-hmm. behind him, like further up the machine, and then it starts to move, and it's like, oh, again, they're playing with the idea that this is something quiet, and we're mm-hmm. waiting for it to to do something. Um, this one is not as good because I don't think the payoff is quite amazing, but I did really like mm-hmm. that first moment where you notice something. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Like I, I, I think. Oh, sorry. Oh, you go. I was done basically. Oh no! Like yeah, I I think uh, I I like this one yeah quite a bit. I I agree. Um, the other one had um a bit more better like tension and, and payoff and stuff. But then, um, but it, again, it's, it's just something that it's like a really nice setup for a scare that uh I don't think I've really seen before. I mean, I definitely have seen like you know people in hospitals and horror movies and you know they've had to get like MRIs or PET scans or whatever like um stuff with this kind of device but I, like i feel like i haven't seen like a, a scare like specifically done like this and uh i've never had one myself but yeah you know, i heard from people that have that say it is actually a, a pretty like scary experience for a lot of people because um especially like if you have like claustrophobia at all because mm. you know it's a very tight space and like you know you're, you're strapped down and you can't move like at all like it's um you know, it takes a while to do. I think it's like 10 or 15 minutes, but like you really can't move. And like, you know, it's hard for people that, especially if you're scared and, you know, start shaking or something and, um, they have to start over. So again, it's just another, like, you know, uh, something I was happy that the movie did. I'm like, Oh, like, you know, good job on you for, yeah. <laughs> like finding a new way to, to scare people. Yeah. Um, it was a cool setup and yeah. Uh, again, probably not as like original as the other one, but I, you know, still an effective jump scare. I, I thought, yeah, and then uh, the plots kind of come together later on because uh, Dalton once again goes into the further <coughs> unintentionally, I think, at this point. But it's basically the the demon, uh, not the not the one that's been after his family, like the one that was after Josh, the one that was cross dressing, mm-hmm. uh, the one that had the sort of Darth Maul looking face. Although notably, think... he looked more burned now, uh, as if he'd been set on fire. At, like, yeah, it's. Did that happen in the second movie or the first movie? No, I um yeah, this one I I wasn't really sure like why he looks so different. Um, it's been a rough yeah, like ten it, years in the further, all right. <laughs> I, I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I, I, I mean, it, it it's just yeah, kind of strange that uh, I I mean maybe like maybe my memory, even though you know I, I did rewatch it maybe there was something about that was just off. Maybe like when you look at it closely, it's like, Oh, it's actually not that different or whatever, but I mean, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, right? Like that Darth Maul looking demon mm-hmm. and the one that was targeting Josh who looked like a woman. And then you found out in the second yeah. movie, it was actually a man. Um, they were separate entities, right? That wasn't yes. the same thing. Right. Okay. I'm just, I, I thought that was right. I was just double checking. Yeah. Uh, I, I could be wrong because I, 
I, I don't think they specifically say like I think the I, I think they call it the lipstick demon, uh, you know, from the first movie. Like, I, I think it is like it, it it's kind of become well known in, in the franchise because it is such like a striking design and it is, you know, various like creepy, scary moment in the first movie. But I also feel like they never really fully explain exactly what it is or what its intentions are, especially like compared to like mm. you're saying the um, I forget what they call it. It's like the bride in black or something like that. Yeah. Um, oh, to be fair, I think because they set up the idea that the bride, like, is like he's like wanted Josh as a kid, and mm-hmm. then once he started getting into the father again as an adult in the first movie, it immediately mm-hmm. came after him again. Like, like they wanted them immediately. Yeah, it makes sense that this because this is the demon that kidnapped. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dalton. Dalton. In the first mm-hmm. movie, he's the one that had him chained up in the further, and then obviously the first movie ended with you know Josh going and getting him uh, with the lantern and all that, right? Yeah. Um, it makes sense that if they do get attached to like a victim, that mm-hmm. you know he would come after him again. That is that that's the specific oh, sure. demon that would come for him. So I do appreciate yeah. that bit of continuity in mythology that mm-hmm. they're kind of doing there. Yeah, I I could be maybe wrong about this, but um, I I kind of feel like maybe that particular demon kind of just wants to like keep people prisoner like in the in the further whatever because you know they have them like chained up and like in the cage and stuff yeah um it's like maybe it wants like victims to kind of keep in torture versus someone like um you know the bride who actually wants to inhabit a body like Mm. you know maybe they kind of have different uh mo's but but it um, it doesn't have his body in this one though was it that the specific demon or i i thought it was maybe maybe because I watched it a couple of you're you're probably right. I watched it like yeah. a couple of days ago. Because so um, memory's not the best. So the whole thing is they coalesce because mm-hmm. uh, Dalton sending the photos of the painting that he's doing to his mm-hmm. brother, and the and he keeps adding more to it, and he eventually realizes he's added his father with a hammer because basically one of the repressed memories they all have is that when <laughs> his dad was possessed in the second movie, he tried to murder mm-hmm. them all with a hammer. So that comes up. But because the brothers got this, these photos and, like, Josh and the mum have seen them now, they're like, hey, wait a minute, he's in trouble, we have to do something. And one mm. of the things that made the ending feel rushed to me is that all of a sudden Josh is just in the further, like, he knows what he's doing. I'm like, yeah. come on, come on, he used to, like, remember how to do this. This has to be, like, a bigger deal that he's, like, going back in here to save him. But, you know, whatever. Like, it gets to that point and he goes in. But what yeah. I was getting to is that when he goes to get Declan, uh, or Dalton, sorry, mm. Um, out of the chains and stuff the mm-hmm. entity that's in his body that's attacking chris leaves the mm-hmm. body when he realizes that his prisoner is getting like freed and the body oh, just right. sort of drops to sleep and then that's that that demon shows up in mm-hmm. the you know in the further after them so i, I think right, it, yeah. i think it was definitely him uh yeah. maybe maybe it's just the idea that like yeah once they're old enough he does want to possess whoever his victim is so he can that cause can make sense chaos yeah. and do stuff and whatever and maybe it is yeah and maybe it is like more important to him to to also have them as like a prisoner that you know because because even if he escapes like he can still be in his body because like yeah that's like what they were doing in the second movie like mm. you know the the bride was running around in josh's body and he was running around in the further but i mean maybe it is uh important though that he like you know can control them and have them as like a prisoner um yeah or at the very least maybe it's just that's the- interesting though 
maybe eventually if they're running around they'll figure out a way to like take their body back whereas if he keeps yeah. them chained up it's like no 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 like you're not going anywhere you're not doing anything there you go yeah but you know, um, jo- josh gets them out and uh they get to the door but when they shut the door the red door the titular red door um <laughs> like they're holding it shut and like shit we can't leave because this thing's going to get mm-hmm. through if we if we leave it and mm-hmm. I genuinely thought Josh was going to sacrifice himself here. He basically chooses to. He says, leave me, mm-hmm. I'll keep the door shut. And then he says, this will end with me, which is him... Re- re- that's him quoting his father because he found out that his father sent his mother a note saying this ends with me before he committed mm-hmm. suicide. So his father clearly tried to stop all this horror that was happening to him from spreading to his kid by committing suicide, right? Which is super tragic. And But it feeds into the whole idea that if this whole thing, this like ability to go into the further and the astral projection, if that is an analogy for mental health, the idea that that mental health took like someone, like that someone committed suicide mm-hmm. because of their mental health, and now like you know the the son and the grandson are having to tackle it in hopefully a healthier way. Well, they aren't mm-hmm. repressing it. Well, they've figured it out. Um, this is actually where I thought Lin Shay might pop up because we know that she is in the further. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have been that mad because this would have fit with the established mythology that she's in here somewhere. Yeah. But instead, I think... they do it later for some reason in the real world, which I thought was yeah. weird, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of, like, again, I was expecting, you know, that the, you know, first half of the movie or so would be them, you know, figuring stuff out and getting answers and you know, be and remembering stuff and then maybe not the first half, maybe you know, the first two thirds or whatever. And then I thought the final act was gonna be like, okay, we got that stuff out of the way. Now we can do something big and like we can really explore the further and have some like cool creepy stuff and have like a big, you know, epic showdown and stuff for them. But yeah, it, it feels like it's just kind of rushed and happens real fast and then like and then and like you're saying, another thing I thought was like, okay, well we're gonna see Elise in the further because yeah, you established in the second one that she's there. Uh and I think she even says something in the second one along the lines of like, like I I think the the other old guy I, I might be misremembering, but I thought there was something where it's like, oh, like are you gonna move on or whatever? And she's like, oh, like I have people to help here or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it seems like that would be the kind of uh, the place that you would see her, but uh, no. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the the ending or the whatever how they solved the door just. They just paint over it like it's a little dull. Yeah, to, Dal- to me. <laughs> Dal- Dalton paints over it in the real world, and like in the further, it starts to get covered in like mm-hmm. blood, effectively, and it's like sealing the door shut, and mm-hmm. eventually it just fades into the darkness. And I'm like, this is a little strange. Like, I, I guess maybe mm-hmm. if you think about how everything started up again, it's because he painted it, and like you could argue that recreated the door, so maybe now he's erasing <laughs> it, but. I never even considered that possibility until this moment where he's painting over it. And I didn't really understand why he thought painting over it would get rid of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like cause nothing else he does to the painting, I think really affects anything in the movie before this point. So it felt mm-hmm. like a, a solution that wasn't properly set up. I think if they set this up with a couple of hints that, mm-hmm. you know, he was influencing things with what he was drawing, that would be something. It probably works a little bit when you think of it as a as a metaphor and like him, mm. you know, like I don't know. It probably works well, at least a little bit that way, but it doesn't work in the context of like the the rules that the movies have set up with the mythology well, and the further and all that. 
I mean, it, it seems kind of weird to me where it's like if the point of the movie is that you're not supposed to, you know, repress your memories, like even the bad ones, like, you know, mm. you should have to live with them or whatever. But then it's like that to me sounds like it's like, yeah, you should like, you know, you should let your you know, open the door and let you know your, your memories out or whatever. Where it seems like, <laughs> if you're painting over them, it seems like that's like another metaphor for kind of like you know not paying attention well, to it or like he, trying to forget it or something. He says it right after he does this because Chris says you should burn mm. that painting now, and he's like, no, 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 we should remember it, even the you know all the memories we should mm-hmm. keep, even the bad ones. Um, I think this is a conflict where the literal thing that's happening in the movie is that this door is literally a door to demons that are going to come and kill them and everyone else. So they have to seal the door shut. That's kind of important. But Mm. it doesn't necessarily quite fit with all the messaging that's otherwise being said. Which, you know, um, I think I would have been fine with this if they just set it up a little bit more. Uh, throughout the movie that this was you know mm-hmm. if this felt like a, a eureka moment where i'm like oh yeah mm-hmm. this makes sense because of this thing earlier i would have probably quite liked it but as it was it was a right. little bit out of nowhere it was just a, like, you know it was, just, it was just a complete out of left field thing mm-hmm. like you probably could have had like some scene with the art teacher or something where like you know she's saying something that like you know oh about how you can your art can affect things and you can mm. you know like even like some little line like that that you could be like oh, okay i see where he might get that idea from or whatever but yeah yeah, yeah something like that so yeah i mean obviously his dad saved him uh at the start of the movie uh josh commented how he's drawn every member of the family and put them on his wall except him and then at the end of the movie he draws basically the end of the first movie which is josh carrying him as a boy mm-hmm. uh, through the further holding the lantern um and you know uh, josh gets out of the further because his dad shows up his dead dad shows mm-hmm. up and hands him a lantern which will let him get back to the the real world mm-hmm. um i thought he had to go back to his body which i think maybe they're just implying that he does go back to his body uh yeah. but um yeah uh but he just he just picks up the lantern and then it cuts to the real world and mm-hmm. I, I part of me thought he was going to die because I kind of felt like Patrick Wilson because he's like directing this. I thought he might be like giving himself like, I'm going to give myself an emotional death scene. And that's kind of what he got when he was yelling, go, go, I'll stay behind. Don't worry about me. As he's holding the door. He's Oscar like, time, baby. Yeah, that's kind of like, not that he thinks he's seriously going to get the, the nominations, but in a way he's like, I feel like he's given himself like, I'm going to give myself some good material. I'm going to be able to act. I'm an actor and I shall act in Insidious 5. But uh, he wakes up and it seems like the marriage is maybe a little mended. She invites him to dinner. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't go to, it's not like he's moving in already, but it's like, oh, maybe this is the start of a, of a mend of the whole thing. I mean, I don't know how long they've been divorced, but I mean, come on. It's like there weren't guys lined up around the block, like ready to ask out Rose Byrne, like just happens to still be single. She she never felt single because she was still connected to her family and her ex-husband. You know, it was like you say, it was a mark. Like the reasons for divorce were kind of weird because Mm -hmm. she knew it was because of the thing that they had to do to him. There, there was an interesting idea there, which I wish they kind of would have explored, exp- explored more, uh, where she says, you know, like, oh, like, yeah, you, like you, like that you, you know, you were chasing our children around or, or whatever. And it's like, well, that wasn't me. It's like, yeah, but the kids don't know that. Like, it looked like you, like, it's hard to separate that. And, um, I thought that was like a really interesting idea. Cause you don't really see that explored in a lot of horror movies. Like there's so many times where, 
you know, people are possessed and they're, uh, you know, going after someone and then they get cured and then at the end, everyone's a happy family again. But yeah, like psychologically, like how does that affect someone when you're looking at the face I, of, I, I think you know? that, that's probably why the, the way everyone is at the start of the movie doesn't feel cheap mm-hmm. to me is because it does yeah. kind of make sense that if they have any kind of recollection of that, even if it's just fleeting, mm-hmm. it would mess them all up. Like the idea that they yeah. live through this and like, yeah, they would be kind of weird, weirded out by it. So, the other thing I, I don't know if you agree though like when they kind of have the revelation when they you know he has that painting of the dad chasing after them or whatever like i didn't think it really looked like patrick wilson <laughs> i don't know if it was just me like yeah, I, yeah i'll be honest it wasn't until they said it out loud that i got that that's who it was like maybe it was enough that like it triggered the memory in them i guess but basically what yeah. you're saying is, is his art's not as good as, as he thinks it is i mean i i think he's a very good artist it's just yeah yeah that in that case it wasn't what you're going yeah, for. yeah it, it looked good but it wasn't capturing the likeness of yeah. uh of patrick wilson maybe as much mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean we were critiquing dalton obviously they had some artists do this for the movie it wasn't him <laughs> yeah uh, i mean who knows maybe dalton is a uh maybe the actor is a talented artist maybe <laughs> maybe this was a, a match made in heaven for him a triple threat Good actor, good artist, good astral projector. I, I was going to say, what's the third? I was, I was, I was lost. <laughs> on why it was a triple, but <laughs> fair enough. Uh, yeah, uh, and then the final scene of the movie is Lynn Shea showing up to talk to to Josh as he's leaving the house, and he's getting to his car, and she starts talking to him, and I thought, okay, I know that voice, I know that's mm-hmm. her. And he kind of says, oh, you seem familiar. And she never says, because obviously this, he still doesn't remember everything, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't remember her from the first two movies. And she, I don't even remember what she says. She just says something sort of hopeful about, you know, yeah. keep on fighting and something, something. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, again, we love Lin Shay. Uh, I, I love this character. Like, it's, um, you know, the, a different type of like horror character we see and so it's cool that you know she's such a staple of the franchise to the point where yeah she's like you know pretty big character in you know some of these movies even after she's passed on uh but you mentioned earlier like this scene is just so saccharine like it it feels like just, so like ugh. yeah this is the like i think insidious because of its premise can get away mm-hmm. with some like you know the scene where the dad meets josh right and it's josh mm-hmm. meeting his father that he's never met before that's mm-hmm. arguably a little saccharine too but i think it gets away with that for me because mm-hmm. that feels like everything's functioning in the rules that the movies mm-hmm. have set up to this point it makes sense that he can be in here because not only is this a place where ghosts are mm-hmm. this is a place where he was also visiting when he was alive so yeah. much like lynn shea came here before and now she's stuck around it makes sense that he could be in here trying to help people uh, particularly his sons. I mean, admittedly, it it does make you think. Why didn't he try and help in the first couple of movies uh, at True. all? <laughs> uh, but you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But I, I think that the work, and that's why I say, like, I think the the video of Lynn Shea earlier on in YouTube was enough to be honest. But if she was yeah. going to show up again, I would have thought, oh, it'll be in the further. It'll be there, mm-hmm. and it would make complete sense, and I it wouldn't feel too mm-hmm. saccharine because she's actually actively helping. But here, it's like not only does she show up in the real world. To talk to him she also just shows up to give him a little message after everything's over and it doesn't feel like she says anything important so it just kind of yeah. feels like fluff that isn't needed so yeah i mean i think that's these are all fair critiques i, I think the last like 20 25 minutes have some rush i still like mm-hmm. some of it i like conceptually what it's mostly doing 
but I do think it is rushed. I do think it could have developed and made more of a a moment out of like the the fight to save uh yeah. Dalton and stuff like that and uh just maybe make it more more of a big deal and a challenge for Josh to actually do this again cuz he doesn't remember doing it. He's been told <laughs> all this stuff. He's been told this creepy ghost was looking at him when he was a kid, but he doesn't remember any of it. He's dare I say a, a little bit of a Mary Sue. <laughs> but it's, it's it's the kind of thing where like arguably it would really ruin the pacing if we have to then go on a whole pivot where we have to sit down and train him for 20 minutes <laughs> before we can get to the rescue yeah. and all that. But, you know, it, it, that's something the script maybe should have like sorted out and tried to be inventive with uh, in a different way. But um, yeah. I do like the the whole idea, though, of like them realising uh, Dalton's in trouble in the further in a different mm-hmm. city and then him getting into the further to help. Uh, it's a little bit Stranger Things season four with the uh, upside down in a, in a mm, way, yeah. but uh, although it does raise the question, did Josh walk all the way from where they were to where Dalton is and the <laughs> brother? I, Very good question. <laughs> that again, he doesn't go to the location in in the campus. He just goes to where the red door is. Arguably, the red door mm. in that demon dimension can be accessed from any part of the further because it's like ethereal. It's it's separate from the map of reality or something that makes sense yeah i don't know i'm, I'm maybe i'm being generous there i don't but I, either way it's but despite all these complaints i still thought it was a decent watch and i still liked enough yeah. of the the scares for the most part i thought i was invested in dalton remembering what happened to him and his relationship mm-hmm. with his father was well it was drawn out a little bit at points early on i still kind of found myself wanting them to like get to the point where they both remembered everything and Mm-hmm. the idea of it filling in for like passing down mental illness a mental illness that took their grandfather's life I, like i think it works on that level as well for the most part like mm-hmm. it, none of it's perfect there's definitely flaws and it's not a great mm-hmm. movie but it's par five in a long-running franchise i, I was kind of happy enough with it to be honest like i got enough out of it yeah no i, I completely agree like i uh i liked it you know it's um again sometimes you, you kind of have to over explain uh like your your position because um, sometimes if you say something is just fine or okay people think that means that you hated it and it's like no like yeah that, like definitely didn't hate it at all like it, it was a yeah I, i'd say a good movie just not you know it doesn't just go the extra step of beyond like it's not great it's not amazing it's not you know the the best entry in the franchise but it doesn't mean it was bad. It, you know, it's perfectly watchable. Um, yeah, it, it, I would say probably, um, you know, it, it, I don't know, if, like, <clears throat> like, I don't think I really had much um, expectations either way going in because I didn't really pay attention to reviews or whatever when it came out. So um, I assumed it probably wasn't amazing because, you know, if it was amazing, you probably would have heard about it. But uh, I assume that also meant it wasn't like horrible because <laughs> I didn't hear about that either. So very true. Um but yeah, I, you know, so I was expecting probably something down the middle. I'd say it was definitely, uh, you know, a bit better than that. But, um, yeah, it just like, <laughs> yeah, doesn't really uh, exceed maybe in, in, in all cases. But doesn't mean it, you know, it's a bad watch or anything by any stretch of the, the imagination. Yeah, I, I think I think I would describe myself as pleasantly but mildly surprised. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that, that's how I'd kind of sum it up. Mm-hmm. I think it's 
like it's not this new big home run that's revitalized the franchise but <laughs> it feels like a decent enough fifth entry that you know maybe the last one i don't know how well this did but it feels like yeah if you mm. ended it here this would be a fine ending like them getting over this trauma would work as an ending but at the same time mm. you could easily do another one like three where you just do a separate story that connects to the further and yeah. just do that yeah so yeah i i think like you uh you know you mentioned it before like where if you're doing a marathon that, you know, you would definitely want to include this movie. So, you know, it, it's probably not like going to be the type of movie where it's like, oh, you know, every October I watch, you know, this movie for Halloween. But, you know, after a couple of years when it's been a while since you've seen it, it might be like, oh, you know, what might be fun is you know, watching a couple of Insidious movies and, you know, it, it can fit, you know, right in there. But it kind of forms a trilogy yeah. with the first two. But. Yeah, I think three is the best sequel, so I would say that you d- mm-hmm. you do should watch three as well. The only one that I'd say skip is four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but mm-hmm. hey, uh, all right. Well, I guess it's time to rate the movie, <laughs> Tim. So, uh, what are you rating Insidious: The Red Door? Uh, yeah, um, I, 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 yeah, again, I did have a, a fun time watching it. I think there was a couple of standout um you know set pieces that you know were really nice uh i was you know surprised at um how much i enjoyed revisiting these characters which was something that's probably the biggest surprise for me like um you know you give me any you know new insidious movie and uh, i'm yeah happy to watch it but uh yeah when you tell me like oh we're going back to these characters i'm not against it but i was like Oh, am I going to care that much? I, I think surprisingly. something you said earlier is that from the trailer, I thought they were going to do the thing where, oh, I'm going to just be annoyed that they've made them all miserable. But like you said yeah. earlier, <laughs> like everything, like the misery kind of made sense in the context of like what they set up before. Mm-hmm. And then the movie was about getting over that in a way that felt felt natural to me. So Yeah, totally. Uh, and like, yeah, I, yeah, it's annoying when you, like having a character that's just like this angsty mopey teen that's just like, you know, shut up dad. Like, you know, if it was, if there wasn't the context of the reason that they're going through it, I'd be like, Oh wow. Dalton grew up to be like an annoying little (laughs) shit. But because of the context of the movie, you're actually invested with, Oh, like I I'm interested that in, yeah, this rift between them and and how they're going to, you know, uh, get over it. So that's, uh, yeah, that was all very interesting. Um, to be fair as well, I, I think that once he's, interacting with chris that i think his dynamic completely changes like as soon as he's away from his dad and he's not because he's not being mopey he's just Mm -hmm. kind of being awkward and trying to make friends now it is a very different Mm -hmm. side to him and i think that kind of opens up a bit oh i agree too yeah um even though i I didn't necessarily love her character uh, i do agree with what you said that they did have like good chemistry like uh like i I liked it you know best when they were kind of bouncing off each other um but yeah so that being said I was kind of waffling between a 6.5 and a 7. Um, I, I did have fun talking about it, so maybe I'll be a little uh, generous and, and give it the bump uh, to the 7. So that's yeah, that's pretty oh. good uh, territory. But yeah, uh, I'll go with that. <laughs> I was not expecting that score, Tim, to be honest, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm giving it a 6. And I I, mm-hmm. I felt like if I that I was slightly more positive than you, and then you've you've hit, you've hit me with a 7 here. So... <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure how to read that, but um, I, I think it's it's over the, the line. Mm-hmm. I think it's into enjoyable territory if you like the franchise mm-hmm. and you like the characters and all that stuff. 
Uh, but it's, it's not a great movie. It is definitely a mm-hmm. sequel that's sort of like further down the road in sequels and mm-hmm. does rush a few things. But it's got a few effective scares and yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm not mad I watched it and I would probably happily watch it again as part of an Insidious franchise watch uh, without much fuss. So... I think the good news is that uh, our score is average to a, a 6.5, which is probably what it actually is. So <laughs> we'll give it that. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. That is Insidious, <laughs> the Red Door. You can let us know what you think of the movie in the comments and so on and so on. Uh, but hopefully you're enjoying the Octoberthon, everyone, and all these extra episodes, which I am totally not sick of editing uh <laughs> by this point in the month oh that's, that's, once you've written like 15 of those intros that i do for the voiceover oh i'm just i've got nothing left to say oh well, if you want me to take a stab at it <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh dear have you even listened to any of them to know what they sound like Oh, uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't think you have. I have, I have. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, but yeah, you can, of course, support all the content over at patreon.com slash TV. The bonus episode was back this month. In fact, you're getting two for October. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be back monthly going forward. And even more streams will be back in December. A Christmas mm-hmm. treat, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, so look forward to that but uh go get some bonuses if you want to support the show over in patreon uh but that is us and we will see you for i think another subspecies next so look forward to that as well (laughs) it's a gift that never stops giving (laughs) yeah we'll go with that tim uh thank you very much for joining us everyone we'll see you next time keep watching scary movies and once more into the further.